to the podcast um yeah so today I've been I'm tired um it's my own fault um I kind of wanted to talk about an interesting topic kind of along the lines of healing along the lines of what people consider witchcraft um or divination or occult type of you know um activities versus like maybe modern medicine um and other like healing traditions from you know some other cultures i mean i can't go into like every single culture but um I've I've found it interesting mostly from the Christian tradition perspectives. So I was listening to this YouTube um episode where the channel is called The Amish Potato. Um this guy is pretty cool. He he left the Amish uh community that he was from and him and his family live independently from the Amish but are um connected to a type of Protestant church um and you know I like how he interviews people about different topics not every topic is really my uh favorite but he has this episode pretty recently where he interviewed or let um a guy talk his name was Eldon Yoder, E-L-D-O-N, Yoder, and the title of the video was Brafe Among the Amish Live with Eldon Yoder, and that word is spelled B-R-A-U-F-E. Um, from what it seems like they translate, it seems like it's roughly um, the Pennsylvania Dutch uh, terminology um, used for a type of witchcraft or a type of healing. Um, they in this video are labeling it as healing or sorry, are labeling it as a type of witchcraft, but, um, it sounds like a lot of the Amish people that, you know, you know, rely on that type of healing, um, they don't really think of it as witchcraft they think of it as just like a healing and there's kind of this debate going on like is it of god of jesus is it of satan or witchcraft and that kind of got me into all these questions um so questions about you know i can't remember if i even finished this recording but a recording that i was gonna do that was kind of about topics like um lucifer the serpent in the garden of eden and satan in the christian tradition a lot of times we uh have the tradition of believing that these are all the same being maybe at different points in time but they're all the same thing uh as i understand that is a more a newer idea that you know commonly um Jews don't believe that same exact explanation of those terms that you would see in the Bible uh the serpent satan lucifer those aren't the same exact being or person and they don't necessarily have the same terminology or beliefs that you know protestant christianity teaches about like hell versus gehenna and then like in judaism hasatan like the particle the ha in like ha um in hebrew is the so it's like we would say like the uh bible the prophet things like that so they say ha satan which is where we get the word satan um but ha satan is like the and then satan is like 
it roughly translates to like adversary or something that's like against i don't know if that's like against humans against god against what i i I think it might be both um but i don't know for sure um so when we start looking at the the reason why i mentioned those is because then you know i started thinking into this idea of you know um because when we say something is witchcraft it's demonic it's of the occult we usually connect that with satan right and so that's an interesting perspective because i would think okay if judaism has a different viewpoint of satan from christianity um then what is it that's actually considered demonic or witchcraft um if it's not satanic um or if it's um you know biblical you know and why is it not too clear um it seems like there are passages that that uh, were mentioned in this uh youtube channel in deuteronomy in the book of acts so deuteronomy is in the in the torah in the beginning of the old testament um it's the last this the fifth book of the old testament the last of the last book of the torah and then acts is after um the gospels and the new testament so you have genesis exodus leviticus numbers then deuteronomy is the last one and then in the new testament you have matthew mark luke john and then acts is the book right after acts acts of the apostles um that's like after the account of the stories of jesus being born and then crucified then it goes into what the early christian church looked like it's kind of that transition between the judaism that you see in the bible where people were followers of jesus but it it was like new um and then leading into kind of um you know jews jews converting to christianity and then gentiles who are anyone who is non-jewish converting to christianity uh you start seeing that um more and more and then the gentiles eventually you know that culture gets very much into the um christian culture more so than the jewish culture uh kind of following the council at nicaea when the jews got excommunicated from the jewish synagogues and then following um you know um was it antiochus epiphanes or whoever that uh he was like a roman leader or something um whoever it was that kind of ingrained pagan traditions and rituals into christianity and almost it almost erased out the jewish culture so that nowadays as you know people who that practice modern day christianity either in judaism uh, sorry either in catholicism or protestantism um a lot of times there's no um there's no um jewish culture really too obvious in there like it looks so different right and so i say all that to say that um it gets a little tricky trying to figure that kind of stuff out like is it okay is it not okay um so you know judaism uh catholicism protestantism they all kind of have different viewpoints about like um, how Satan became, you know, how Lucifer, I guess, technically is in the Bible, and then Satan and the serpent and all that, um, like, kind of the roles um, of that being, um, and usually is connected to evil, and then you usually have the other extreme side that's God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit that's connected to the good side, and um, in Judaism, you don't really have jesus in there um now there is in judaism something um called ruach ruach means spirit um kind of like you see in um i don't know i don't know i have to double check if that's in the beginning of jesus how uh, in the beginning of genesis how it says like that there was dark darkness hovering over the face of the deep 
Um, I'm not too sure if that, um, if, if it mentions like anything about spirit then, but a common theme in Christianity is about, you know, the Trinity, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You don't see that in Judaism. You don't see it in all of Christianity. I know Jehovah's Witnesses don't really believe similarly, and there are some other Protestant, uh, religions that don't really believe in, um, that don't really believe in, you know, the Trinity. Um, so, you know, that's a whole different thing too. And then you have this kind of like new age practices and kind of like modern, modern day kind of practices of, you know, um, things that are healing, self-healing, healing as in going to like a doctor or, you know, self-medicating type of thing. So you have things along the lines of, I got to write this down. You have thing, things along the lines of um, um, drugs, which can be legal, illegal drugs. You can have prescriptions um, and you can have like substances um, or plant medicines, you know, um, things like that. And then also there's kind of like Eastern techniques of, you know, just uh having your mind the goal having uh, the goal to be having your mind to be kind of more whole more um focused less things anxiety less ego driven um through meditation breath work yoga things like that and you know i do commonly hear a lot of christianity um teachings that talk about some kind of concerns about meditation and yoga and that kind of stuff uh crystals and those types of things um it it's kind of interesting that a lot of these themes have been coming up during this week um of what i've been you know studying about um the book of acts has come up like multiple times this week for me um and i'm not even really like actively really like studying too much stuff it's just kind of interesting how it's like you know, I tuned into this uh, quick. Uh, I wanted to see like what was going on at San Diego Rock Church. And so I tuned into like the most recent sermon real quick. And they were talking about the book of Acts and talking about like, you know, how people not that wasn't the main topic, but talking about how sometimes people put like their trust in like alcohol or trust in partying or trust in crystals or trust in all these other things versus trusting in God. And then you know, um, I was looking at something else either this week or last week that kind of had something to do with the book of Acts. And then again, you know, listening to this talk on YouTube about profit and then how that guy was mentioning the book of Acts. And I'm just like, it's kind of interesting because for me, the book of Acts is one of those books that I kind of tend to like, not really avoid, but it's kind of like an intense book. It's like, you know, um, early movement and you know growing up adventist um there's this app it's a free app it's called egw writings it stands for ellen g white egw writings and there's also egw writings 2 like the number 2 um and it has all these books um and so one book in adventism is the great controversy it does have like a a it basically talks about um the universe and the concept of heaven and how heaven was before um how heaven was before uh you know how heaven was pretty much before um before lucifer the angel lucifer was out of heaven and before he became Satan or the serpent on earth. Um, so basically the general basic story of that is that, you know, Jesus was at the right hand of God. And a lot of uh, Adventist tradition, you hear about Michael, the mention of Michael being at God's right hand, Michael being God, being Jesus, um, and then Lucifer being another, um, being an angel that was um second after after 
Jesus, but was jealous of Jesus, and that Lucifer was like the um, the head of like music ministry. I don't know how else to word that, but like musical heavenly music director or something. I don't know what the what the term. This isn't in the Bible. This is a lot. Of, I've heard it not only from Adventist traditions, but these are other traditional. Um, teachings that you find outside of the Bible about the concept of what was going on, you know, before, like, how did the serpent even get to to the Garden of Eden? This is pre um, Garden of Eden, maybe even pre Earth, I'd have to go back, I'm gonna go back and review that kind of stuff. But so the concept that they talk about is um, that, you know, Lucifer was jealous, um, and, you know, got his, um, his kind of crew of angels, and they all got cast out of heaven onto earth, and that's how Satan and the serpent and demons and things like that got introduced into earth, and that's also supposedly related to this, um, uh, you know, when you, when you hear in the, in the story of Noah in Genesis about how, you know, there's that sentence that says, you know, there were giants in the land and, you know, the Nephilim that mated with the, with the daughters of, you know, like humans, basically. Um, there were some kind of beings that were giant beings that mated with the, that mated with the human women and created these like super beings that were like um really intelligent beyond necessity and they taught you know people how to how to make you know weapons and you know metallic kind of like weapons and tools and things like that and it got to a point where they were learning all this stuff that made humans no longer as innocent and they got out of hand and it got to this led to the point where god was like i need to destroy the earth in a flood to kind of like re-cleanse everything because it's like way out of out of whack now um so that's how noah got involved with that um so that's kind of the backstory and then there's also this other book it's not an Adventist book, but it's a book called the Book of Enoch. Now, Enoch isn't mentioned too much in the Bible. Um, There is, you know, some explanation saying he walked with God. A lot of times what people assume when that um, is said is that he went to heaven um, within like a living, like he was living while he went to heaven. Um, Some people interpret that to mean that somebody got abducted by aliens um there are a few people in the bible that you do see these concepts of the chariot of fire coming down and getting involved with people and taking them up to heaven or you hear the term they walked with god uh, meaning that they had some kind of either supernatural or spiritual connection or that you know they didn't die before they actually went to heaven, you know, or it's some kind of an abduction experience or something. I I really don't know. These are like multiple different types of theories. There are even more theories than the ones that I know about, but I only focus on usually like Jewish tradition, Adventist tradition, um, a little bit about other like Catholic and Protestant traditions. And then, you know, kind of more about like modern stuff. Like when you when like for people who aren't really believing in the bible word for word they kind of think more so like these were su- these were um supernatural or or like alien extraterrestrial type of experiences that people were you know worshiping and and thinking that okay these are gods these are demons these are angels these are this or that that people interpreted that as like angels and demons and all this stuff when it was potentially like aliens and and you know ufos and things like that i wasn't there i don't know the truth i don't really know um i'm just talking about all this because it's very interesting because you know i you know i i do know that when it does come to uh christian traditions um 
you know, there's always been this bit of manipulation in the culture of like, we need to make the people obey. And so they kind of interweave into Christian belief and faith, all these traditions and ideas and teachings that we today are taught in sermons and believe them from a lens that has maybe nothing to do with like the origins of the actual script that was written um it gets like it's like the game of like telephone where it gets like passed down and passed down but without actually reading the book in the way that like the original people read it so when jews study um you know with scriptures and other types of teachings um traditional jews you know tend to read original texts in Hebrew. Um, it's traditional that somebody becomes bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah uh, near the age of 12 or so. Um, and they usually have a port, a bar, a portion for that, for that service that they are, you know, speaking on and learning about. But throughout that time, you know, they've kind of proven themselves that they are like able to be like, uh, a man or a woman now and like uh, you know son of the Torah daughter of the Torah like they've proven that they kind of know how to study this in a in a in a traditional sense and people that are really um like ultra orthodox really uh, more conservative about their studying and traditions and religion and Judaism you know you see the ultra orthodox Jews the orthodox Jews the Hasidic Jews um those are just a few types of Jews that are very, um, you know, studious. They spend a lot of their time studying. There's so many books and scriptures and learn there. I've heard it called learning schedules. Um, there's learning schedules that people, um, uh, kind of gravitate towards to learn certain types of things. And, um, you can just have this as part of your your lifestyle everything from the way you eat to how you eat to who you socialize with to what you wear to how you dress to what you do at work and which days you do and do not work and what you do with your money all of this stuff you know is being learned and taught throughout the year every year every day and you have a community of people around you who you kind of bounce things off of and there's different learning styles of how you kind of like read something literally or you read it you know in a certain way with commentary or there's like a a talk where um these sirens Give it a second. All right. I hope those people are okay. Whatever that emergency is that's going on. I've mentioned before, you know, there's there's a lot of sirens lately. It's kind of a scary time. Here comes another one. That's not a local one from our corner. That one's coming past our house. Okay, so I had to pause things because there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot going on. Um, so I found the, the terms. So it says uh, about... Text of Torah study. Again, this is from Wikipedia, but I have heard this before. Um, it says um, the text of Torah can be studied on any of four levels as described in the Zohar. So there's Peshat, which is the plain, simple, or literal reading. There's Ramez, the allegorical reading through texts. Uh, hint or illusion there's derash which is the metaphorical reading through a rabbinic sermons comparison slash illusion and then they say midrash so um uh so i don't know if that's all for
anyways so yeah if you're if you're looking at the types of study that's what they say and I'm trying to like find it sorry it's like okay sod sod um the hidden meaning reading through text secret or mystery which is Kabbalah and so um I think what you often see in the in the weekly Parsha portions would be Peshat which is you're literally reading it either in Hebrew with an with the translation into English um or um just the Hebrew in English or just the English or whatever you read and then Sod sorry you would do Peshat and then Darash which would be um the metaphorical reading through a rabbinic sermons or um comparison slash illustration midrash um so yeah that's kind of what you hear more so i feel like um christianity uses more of what's like remez and darash which is like allegorical reading through text hint or illusion and then like sermons and things like that um it, it doesn't go too much into like spiritualism like the kabbalah type of stuff um or anything that would be like related to that and so that's kind of how i would describe um you know the differences in learning um you know because if if you um if you're learning like a certain style it's like a lot of times, you know, you might not learn the direct literal meaning, if, especially if you're listening to a sermon and you're listening to somebody else reading it. A lot of times, you know, at least in Christian tradition, uh, they don't really read like the whole like book from start to finish at once. I was joking with my mom about that, saying like, how funny would it be? Like, I'm waiting to hear a sermon where they just start and they're just like we're just gonna start reading the bible from start to finish genesis 1 1 let's go and just like start reading it for like ever um we don't usually get that uh usually it's like portions uh like this guy in the in the bravo video um is that what was even called um brafe brafe the guy in the brafe video um, you know, he was mentioning about, you know, um, how in, in Amish tradition, um, their Bible is written in, in, in ancient form of German, um, that people don't really speak because they speak Pennsylvania Dutch and then their Bible is written in some ancient form of German, um so it's not really like it would almost be like americans reading like old english like you can read it but it doesn't make any sense um to you unless you've really studied and they're also i guess from what i've learned not really um encouraged to really deeply study the actual scripture themselves um so let's see if I look for like old English examples um it looks like Man, I just want to find, like, an example that's not a video. Anyways, I can't find one real quick, so whatever. But I'm going to get back to this. Alright, guys, getting back to it. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to record during breaks. Um, So, yeah... Um, I was 
a little bit kind of listening to um, I kind of rewatch or re-listen to different stuff because you know I like I like podcasts and interviews and stuff like that um, there's one with uh, CJ the Amish potato talking to Eli Yoder about um, their uh, Amish faith in general and it was kind of just interesting that you know they were taught you know um, that it's considered sinful or wrong or bad to question um, to question you know the traditions of their community or also sinful wrong and bad to tell outsiders so Englishers or anybody who's not Amish to tell them about what they do traditionally on why alright so I looked in the Ellen G. White book The Great Controversy Um, you can find it online uh, for free if you just google the PDF Um, you can find it on that app that I mentioned you can find it um, even on YouTube they have like an audio book uh, reading and you can find timestamps of the chapters. So it's chapter 29 that kind of talks about this idea about Lucifer um, in heaven before, um, you know, uh, before, you know, the serpent came to earth and before Satan came to earth. Um, and there's another term that I forgot that they mentioned, uh, the devil, um, so that's another term that we hear a lot, but I do think, um, yeah, I think that chapter, uh, chap is chapter 29 in the great controversy. Um, so like I did kind of re listen to that chapter. And so it does talk about, um, basically, that just to be short with it um that lucifer they identified lucifer as um a cherub angel um his role being the covering cherub and um you know he had rights to like he had like a leadership position and in heaven and rights to pretty much everything with the exception of certain heavenly council meetings that were held between God and Jesus and I don't know who else um and that's where the jealousy came from where um Lucifer started talking about the laws that were governing heavenly beings um teaching other angels about you know like misleading them pretty much or teaching them about like how it's not fair and you know that there shouldn't be laws governing heavenly beings and then kind of like a revolt broke out eventually um and that um I'm trying to read my notes here I can't read my writing I put them on a napkin of course um that that kind of created this whole situation of, you know, Jesus having to be crucified for the sins of humankind and, um, you know, that service to God is considered the service of love. So anything that's the service of love would be the service of God. Anything outside of that would be, um you know other otherwise not really looked at as good and so you could either be this is according to kind of how the belief goes is you can either be in service to god or not and then that's when the concept of the devil comes up and then um they mentioned like burning uh like an oven like that would be like the end result for the people who were not on god's side and um that's kind of what we we tend to refer to as hell 
Um, and then I believe that after, I could have misunderstood this, but after the crucifixion of Jesus, that he went back up to heaven. Um, and so, yeah, and then with Satan's revolting angels, that those angels were to follow their they were like kind of revolting because they believed after, you know, following Lucifer that the angels were to follow their own law and not God's law. Um, and, you know, there was some kind of like a victim, like, like it sounds like in the story um, that Lucifer was kind of playing the victim and getting his ego involved and wanting to hold like secret meetings to mislead other angels that he that he kind of like had influence over and then um, that other angels those other angels were kind of just like gravitating towards his beliefs but even when confronted about it by Jesus he was kind of like uh like playing it down kind of like that's not really what's going on and like he was kind of spinning it in a manipulative way like spinning kind of like the concepts that were coming up and stuff and that you know God didn't really seem to make too much of a of you know just let it he it seems like God let it kind of play out until there was actually action on Lucifer and those angels following Lucifer there was actually action on their part when they actually started to actively revolt that they got, you know, that God banished them. Um, and then um, that's where the concept of Satan comes in. Um, Satan coming into the human experience. And that's with the chapter pretty much saying the origins of the origins of sin. Um, and so you can do with that what you, what you may, um, it's a lot of information. Um, I'm not here to say, okay, this is true. Okay. That's false over there. Okay. Follow this. Okay. Don't follow that. I'm just saying like, these are questions that a lot of people have. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times we're never really told or taught or like learn about it too much. We're told, follow this belief, follow the Bible or else you're going to burn in hell if you don't do what it says. And then there's all this conflicting information out there, conflicting traditions, different cultural beliefs about like who's doing the right thing. Every denomination feels like they're doing the right thing and that everybody else is on the wrong path for some reason or another. But ultimately, what I really have to say about, um, you know, when it comes to religion and belief and things like that, a lot of times it comes down more so to ego than anything else, um, especially in Christianity. I notice this kind of uh, desire to um, convert everybody um, kind of like. I'm not saying that not saying that it's necessarily bad. Like I understand the the viewpoint that you know a lot of Christians are raised to believe that other people who are not Christians are going to burn in hell, are going to you know be on a life path during their their living his their own living personal life on this earth of pain and suffering because they're not following the Bible. What I can say is that what I do notice is there is negative, toxic, um, unhealthy environments in the Christian community as well as in the non-Christian communities. Um, I think I've seen on all ends. I've seen it on both sides. So I wouldn't necessarily say that all the time that somebody who's Christian is always better off or um, seeming better in, a, in their health environment than someone who's not Christian. It kind of just depends on a lot of their mindset, their uh, energy levels, their maintenance of their own like health conditions, um, how they maintain their body, like with health, 
um, exercise, eating right, you know, balancing their lifestyles properly. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of things that are that are biblical that, you know, can lead to, you know, life being better. Like, you know, if you're not stealing or lying or cheating or killing or, you know, um, you know, sleeping with other people's spouses, especially without any consent or, you know, if it's just like cheating kind of stuff and, you know, um, getting wrapped up in, you know, having a mindset where, you know, you're too like, uh, addicted or focused on things like, like chasing money or chasing fame or chasing, you know, uh, you know, relationships or chasing, you know, getting high or chasing, you know, being drunk or chasing partying or things like that. There are things that, you know, can get out of control if you're not focused also on like some kind of like a boundary with it or like some kind of, you know, a spiritual focus or some kind of focus where you're like internally like growing, like personal growth type of uh, topics um, I could see it getting way out of hand, um, but it's not to say that Christians don't deal with those things too. It's not to say that Christians don't hide it, or that they don't. Um, you know, you know. I feel like a lot of times they kind of hide it more. Um, they feel like they need to hide it more. But um, yeah, just I would say overall focusing on like toxic relationships, toxic environments, trying to do without those. And then, you know, having a good lifestyle balance overall, regardless of what you believe, that's usually a pretty good start. Um, and then, you know, all the details kind of fall into place with your own faith, your own beliefs, your own, um, you know, learning and just kind of what you feel like you're being called towards or pulled towards. And just knowing that, you know, you know, religion in a lot of ways has some similarities to politics and other things like you have a person who's in charge, who's telling you what to do or, you know, people who are leaders who are telling other people what to do. And then you generally have people who are the role of following those people in charge but what I notice in religion is that when you have questions or when you have concerns or when you have you know I wouldn't necessarily always call it doubt but I would just call it questions because usually doubt is a form of questioning when you have questions usually you're not met with an open-minded answer you're not usually met with okay here's the history behind all this why we do this why we don't do this because there's a lot of stuff in the bible that christians don't do there's a lot of stuff in the bible that we're told this is not applicable to you this time there's a lot of stuff that we're told, oh, Jews do that and Christians don't do that. And then there's some overlap. And as you know, you would think, you know, even Jews don't have all the same exact beliefs and ways of handling things and ways of beliefs about how you how you should be. Um, and then Christians also don't. Um, I think there's always like the general themes but then, you know, there's always that kind of like, you know, these people don't really believe this. Um, they don't believe the same exact things as one another. And so that is the type of thing that I would say, is, you know, gets confusing for people where it's like, you know, like for myself, I know I always, you know, I was raised in the Adventist church and they always say, you know, the Adventists keep the commandments. They're the most, this is what we were taught. The Adventists keep the commandments. They're the most right church. They're the most correct church because they keep the commandments. Uh, you know, all of the 10 commandments, you know. Uh, there are 613 commandments in the Bible. Um, Adventists focus on the 10 commandments and they really harp on the fourth commandment, which is, um, about, you know, keeping the Sabbath holy, um, 
the Jewish Sabbath holy. They don't really consider Sunday a Sabbath. They consider Friday sunset to Saturday sunset as the Sabbath period time. Um, and feel like all the other churches that don't do that are on a different, you know, journey, you know, to some extent. And um, so that's kind of what, you know, Adventists get taught. And, you know, that that any any church, you know, this happens in, I think, all churches where you're always taught that your church is better for this reason or that reason. Okay, so if you look at the Adventist church and you look at, you know, the focus on the Sabbath and the Ten Commandments, and then they focus also on certain dietary restrictions that you can find in the book of, you know, in other books of of the Old Testament, right? But then there's stuff within chapters before and after those verses that talk about the dietary restrictions that are the similar ones to what Jews will or won't eat. Um, When you look at the other similar dietary restrictions, or sorry, other restrictions that aren't necessarily dietary, the Adventist church would say, oh, like, you know, when you try to address, okay, how can we do just this portion that has to do with the food, but we don't do all this other stuff about like tearing down your house when there's mold or doing all these other kind of things. Like, why don't we do any of that? And they're just like, oh, Jews do that. Or, oh, we just don't do that. Or, oh, you know, people couldn't really answer. Right. And I noticed, you know, I mean, I didn't go to a lot of Messianic Jewish congregations, but I went to two of them. And the the rabbis were friends. And what I learned in those congregations was more so, you know, they look at all the commandments in the whole Bible, um, Old Testament and the New Testament. And to me, in my mind, I'm not saying that I do or don't follow or believe what I'm not even talking about my own personal life. I'm just saying in my mind, the messianic jews tend to follow the whole bible more so than the other churches because of the connection and learning about the jewish culture and uh, the acceptance of jesus and following the new testament that's my opinion of how i see it i'm not saying i do what they do or follow what they do i do i do my own thing according to what i think i i'm led to do i don't really feel like you know i i you know i feel like i was raised in enough of different kind of um denominations where it's like yeah i could put a label on myself to one or another or whatever but i feel like they're all somewhat limiting right because um I don't know the difference, Jews for Jesus versus Messianic Jews. I feel like one of them, you're born Jewish and and keep the traditions. And convert toward thinking more along the lines of uh, traditional Judaism. And the other, you're not really keeping their traditions. I mean, you you um, are coming from a, one. You're coming from a Jewish background. The other one, you're coming from a Christian background or a non-Jewish background. Um, so that's kind of um, where my head kind of goes with a lot of this kind of stuff. Where it's like, you know, that's kind of like the beginning of my thought process when we start talking about like the occult or demonic things or what's evil what's not evil what's right what's not right what's according to the law of god versus not the law of god i mean these are all the questions and kind of background of what i learn about or have learned about um according to like common theories that you see now there are always going to be other theories out there I, i there's not enough time in the day in the world for me to be just like learning all this stuff all the time but I think that covers the major basis for like common beliefs that you see um about how it is that different groups start talking about like what you do or don't follow in the religion usually you're taught there's a line between what's good and of God and what's bad and of Satan 
and then you know you just go from there but there's also the question of you know is this whole connection between lucifer the name lucifer these theories and traditions taught about lucifer you don't see a lot of deep explanation of the term lucifer in the bible um you see the word pop up a little bit or the interpretation of the morning star in there but you don't really see like a whole full-on thing there's a lot of verses that are interpreted as um as being um uh what do you say there's a lot of verses that are interpreted as being um uh what would you call it like uh Um, what was I saying? Sorry, I lost my thought. There are a lot of verses that are in that are interpreted as being prophetic verses related to to this um, concept of Lucifer. But I mean, if we're already looking at um, that whole the whole idea of who lucifer is is lucifer an angel what was going on in heaven with lucifer and god and jesus and all those angels what are angels in the first place you know are they you know aliens are they you know these winged bright shining white linen clothing with the trumpet with multiple wings just like flying around um harmonizing and with their voices you know and singing like what are they exactly um and so there's all these questions that come up with like what exactly is even going on with basics like those are like the basics because it's, it's hard to look at something like you know is somebody you know the whole question i had was um that concept of of profit like you know basically the guy was saying he was taken to a person as a child who did some form of healing when he got like canker sores inside of his mouth this person did some kind of a ritual with some kind of a blade or a knife where they were shining you know reflecting light i guess off the sun or something to um shine onto the canker sores or something and then a couple days later he felt better and i think there was something else with like headaches or something that like the parents would take this amish boy to this healer of a sort that was also i believe in the amish community and practiced was called brafe and then from that point there's a there was a um you know he noticed that you know he had a a child with colic he had children that had like headaches and other people would bring little baby children to this man when he was an adult um of um you know and he, he said about newborn age to about age five he would basically just take the kid close to him hold the child toward his chest and they would feel better they would stop crying they would stop screaming and they you know had like a temporary form of healing where they felt better Uh, it sounds like it wasn't a lengthy process and you know they were able to feel healed um at least for that time being and then they would return like it sounds like they were similar like the same parents returning to this guy Now, the interesting thing about the Amish church is a lot of them, you know, overall, they don't, they don't follow, um, a lot of what's considered like worldly modern things. And so what's interesting about the Amish church is that, you know, they do have a completely different looking lifestyle. Um, so it's interesting that there would be something that's considered or labeled as a form, like they would label a form of healing as witchcraft when they seem like they're not really, um, trying to actively do witchcraft, you know what I mean? And so 
that's interesting. But another interesting thing is, is that the Amish church overall, at least some of the communities, if not most, are probably all, maybe all of them, from the way it sounds like, uh, most anyways, it sounds like a lot of the communities of the people who are talking on YouTube talk more so about that, you know, they were always taught, don't question the church, don't question the community, don't, um, you know, don't read too much into the Bible. Um, the, the services, and from what I understand, in the communities, they speak Pennsylvania Dutch, but the but the services weren't held necessarily in Pennsylvania Dutch. So there would be preachers that would be preaching in an in an old German language. The Bible is in an old German language. People didn't really speak this old German language. So they're kind of taught by um, these leaders that teach about their traditions more so than literally reading in the Bible and teaching their congregations and communities about the actual Bible itself. And then a lot of the Amish seem like they eventually later on picked up reading the actual Bible for themselves and surprisingly finding a whole bunch of stuff that they were never taught about. And they were mentioning that, you know, in this guy's community, witchcraft was never mentioned and also that they weren't really like connected to the Bible but also they are considered like a Christian religion and one of the stricter Christian religions. And so it's just really interesting. Um, I'm not calling them a cult. I don't really know. I'm just saying like when we start looking at these ideas of like what's good, what's evil, you know, it's hard to even know the foundation of things like is Lucifer even Satan? Did this stuff with Lucifer even happen in heaven with God and Jesus? Is that why there's this concept of good and evil? Because it sounds like before Lucifer decided to create this whole uprising and revolt, that there was harmony in heaven and in the universe. That's what it, that's what it mentions. And that's also not in the Bible. And so it's kind of like, I don't really know. You know, these are just questions. I'm more so here to provide questions more than answers and ideas and kind of theories about things, you know, um, what's that line in the, in the, in the, in the social network, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight, I'm just a fan who came to say hi, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, uh, that's what, uh, Justin Timberlake said as he, he was playing the character of Sean Parker, the, um, uh, the Napster guy, um, like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about a lot of this stuff, like, I don't have a dog in this fight, I'm just kind of creatively putting ideas out there, um, I mean, that's kind of how I look at ideas, I'm just, I'm not trying to, like, mislead or confuse people or whatever, I'm a big fan of asking questions, you know, I'm a big fan of diving into questions and being, like, even if I don't find answers, you know, it's good to ask, it's good to search, it's good to study. And I find a lot more peace in that than I do in just blindly following what other people tell me and what I'm taught, traditionally taught, and what, you know, comes up um, and just, like, go with it. Like, to me, that's really not, not really how I ideally want to spend my life. But I know a lot of people don't like that whole like when your mind gets challenged for an idea that you've held true you know a lot of people don't like that um I can understand how people would think that these recordings are really like not um okay to make but also it's like I'm not the only one with these questions out there and I feel like a lot of times when people go to pastors or leaders a lot of times the leaders won't give you an answer you know, and a lot of times you might have to search it out yourself and it's hard to even know how to search it. So that's why I like to talk about the processes of learning about things and how traditionally people do study this kind of stuff um, and ways that, you know, those who do want to study it, ways that they can study. And I'm not here to even study to try to disprove stuff, but I mean, the Bible's an interesting thing. And when you read it, there's always questions and it's like, Almost every time I read something, I have a question, and I'm just like, why does nobody address these questions? Like, why does nobody talk about this stuff? 
you know I can talk about it with my close friends a lot of the time and like we get along on it and we're not like fighting and bickering and arguing like we can just have a full conversation and leave it at that um you know to me it doesn't make a difference if if lucifer is real or if sin is a thing or satan is lucifer or if the devil and satan and lucifer and the serpent are the same thing or you know what happened in heaven and in the universe and is there a god or what you know you know and is the bible real or is there manipulation and what's going on with like the interpretations versus the literal and then the history of the church coming from judaism into modern day christianity and how come it looks so different like these things don't bother me it's like cool that it's different and it gives you more to search and more to learn um i'd rather spend my time learning and searching um that's one reason why i'm not so involved in actively sitting in church sermons which i know it bothers my parents that i don't do that as often as they would prefer but i feel like i spent so much of my life in church learning that it's like it gets to a certain point where you think for yourself and you know that's kind of what i what i value i actually feel like a natural inclination to be like going in those directions but also you know it's also interesting that there's these concepts that come up about like you could be being led by the wrong way and how do you even know which one's right or which one's wrong like do you feel it is it a sense is it written somewhere that you can read this and be like i'm doing this or not doing this is it just the concept of love itself that makes things right or wrong is it the ego is it like what is it you know is it love versus ego is it is it you know bible versus what's not in the bible is it tradition and culture versus what your tradition and culture doesn't teach um whatever you were raised with that you have faith in and that's what's right um i do think right and wrong in a lot of levels is an individual um an individual conviction I don't think that just because I believe things one way means that I'm right and I'm more right than maybe my brother or my sister or my neighbor or my parents or, you know, the pastors I grew up with or my buddies or, you know, uh, my coworkers or whatever. I don't believe that I have all the answers, but I believe I have the answers that are right for me at this point in time. Um, I don't even talk about what I think. Uh, I think it's more so the search and the journey more so than the destination, that's for sure. And um, I think it's okay to challenge things. I wasn't really taught to challenge things, but I think it's okay to challenge things. I'm not going to tell people not to do it. Um, I think it's healthy. Um, And... um, so for now, I'm going to leave it at that. But, um, yeah, I don't know what people think, you know, it's, it's complex topics. And, um, yeah, the whole concept of, like, right and wrong and, like, love or not love or love and hate. And, you know, the idea of, like, Hasatan or Satan being the adversary of man. It's like Satan's against man trying to trick up humans to get them to be out of love. Um, and in towards hate and ego, that seems kind of to be the general theme more so of what's taught in modern days. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with, with a lot of different, um, versions of what could potentially be right or wrong. I love to play with ideas. I love to play with things. I think the more you search and look around, you will get things revealed to you in ways um that you wouldn't if you don't search um you know life is like a big scavenger hunt sometimes and it's like well if you don't put yourself out there and search around and look at stuff you're never going to really find find what find anything you know and every answer leads to more questions and so it's kind of like that's just how it's going to go you know and you can put it down or pick it back up um i think it's really valuable and yeah I mean, with that, I hope you guys enjoy. I'm going to keep expanding on this topic, but that's kind of like a massive overview of like, you know, when people start looking at something in their community, you know, determining like, 
is this is the is this right or is this wrong how do we even get there and that's even assuming if you even believe in god or the bible or jesus or if you're jewish or christian or whatever that's even assuming maybe even assuming coming from those backgrounds there's so many other backgrounds you could potentially come from where none of this would even make a difference if lucifer is an angel or what like you know if people don't believe in it i don't think they could really care less um um but i do like the history of literature and things like that too um but yeah very challenging stuff um i'm always excited about it thanks for listening Thank you.